Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Two weeks ago, I got deep in my message and didn't get to finish it. Can you believe that? We'll see if I finish it today. I don't know. But we're going to move forward, and it doesn't matter where it ends because it's going to be good. Amen? I've been, I've been, this is my third um, message now on a series. What am I titled this time? The God's Story Behind Hope. So I've been sharing about encounters and, and visions and promises that God's given us that called us to come here and plant this church right here in Hamilton County. I think we're in Hamilton County. Are we? I know Carmel is, but we're like right on, we are, we're north of the line, so we are right, we're, are, we're toeing the line right now. But we're in Hamilton County, so just talking a lot about why did God call us here. And I, 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 I'm trying to thoroughly, as, as thoroughly as I can, paint a picture of you or for you of the depth of why this is so important to us. Um, we were at Bethel for nine years in revival culture and encountering God and surrounded by 10,000 people on fire for Jesus going after it, all right? And, and I was a pastor in the school of ministry with about 2,000 students, I think, who, who have devoted their lives and paid, I think, 5,000 plus dollars to love Jesus more. I mean... You know that you're going to be surrounded by something that God's going to show up for. You know what I'm saying? When, when you put that kind of energy into it, and but but I'm trying to paint a picture to you of why would Jessica and I think that it's worth leaving Bethel for to to see that we're actually going to step into more? Okay, by coming right here, look around. Does this look like it's probably the size of Bethel? Hey, whoever said yes, I don't even need to preach to you now. You're released. That's amazing. <laughs> Man, that, that preaches, brother. You should come up here. I want to go deeper on this. And I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I, I, I kind of do this with a little bit of, um, I don't want to say fear and trembling, but definitely caution because I, I don't want to be sensational, but um, a lot of the encounters I've had to me have been pretty extreme, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't like to just go around just kind of flippantly sharing my extreme stuff, but, uh, but for your sake, I want to do it because I want to I sow into your spiritual eyes to see the things that God sees for us, and, and I, I'm hoping to unlock for you um, just a greater dimension of depth of things that God has promised that you can have a hold of, that you can get a hold of. All right? Okay. Thank you. Maybe I should have Laura come back in here just to get stirred up again. <laughs> get stirred up, all right? I, I'm hoping that during my message today, the, the, that God's going to be releasing fire 
into your spirit. So I just call that forth right now to every spirit in here, in each body that's in here right now, fire from heaven to light you up for the purposes of God. Amen? And if you will listen by faith, and not just listen to a message, but see it as opportunities to receive impartations from heaven. God will, he will release things into your spirit today that can change things forward, okay? So it's, it's, it's up to your faith on this. And I, I'm inviting you to let the Lord bring you into encounters even during the message. When I share testimony, I do it so that you can actually get in touch with something that God's doing in the spirit realm. It's not just so I can tell you cool stories, all right? So I declare to you right now, in the name of Jesus, that your spiritual eyes be unlocked to see things that your natural eyes cannot see. And that your ears would be open to hear things that your natural ears cannot hear. And that your minds can perceive things that you couldn't understand on your own. In Jesus' name, amen? All right, so because I had to... In my message, not finished two weeks ago, and then it's been two weeks. I'm going to give you guys some highlights again to, as reminders of things I've already talked about, uh, but I'm going to do more bullet point style on it so that I don't use up my time for things you might have already heard, but you got to hear the sequences. And, and I'm going to go a little deeper on some things you might have heard some, but you're going to get a little more on some of it, all right? <clears throat> so here I go. I've, I've shared with you guys that in the 90s, in the, in the late 90s, I was a youth pastor here in Indiana, and God was giving me encounters where he, he pulled me into some trances, and I saw visions of the state of Indiana catching on fire right in the middle of the state, and the fire starts spreading and growing and growing outward until the region gets caught on fire, and then it covers the state and goes into surrounding states. And I knew that God then was saying he's bringing revival to Indiana. And I believed, this is audacious maybe, I believe that if he showed it to me, that that probably means that I have something to do with at least, at least a part of it. All right? And then eventually, you guys have heard my story, so I, that was in the 90s, but, you know, jumped to 2009, you know, just a couple of days later, right? 2009, God led Jessica and me to move to Redding, California, to go to Bethel Church for the very reason of calling us into a revival culture to get under the apostolic covering of Bill Johnson and the Bethel movement. And, and God told me he's going to put us under that kind of a covering in a place that is all about God's glory, manifestations, and signs and wonders and miracles. Come on. And so we knew that God needed us to get there so that we could not just attend, not just hang out, but to insert ourselves and to serve it and to come under it and to become a part of it, become the family, and that he would keep us there until we get everything in us that he needs to get in us. But then we believed that there would come a time when he would launch us out of Reading under the covering of Bethel where they would send us apostolically we were believing that God told us he would do that and that we would go wherever he said. We didn't know where yet, but we just knew that was going to happen at some time. We really thoroughly believed that. 
So we spent nine years there, as I said, and we were intentionally diving into all the ways that God needed us to, to get the DNA, the DNA of the culture of revival at Bethel into us. Not just learning how to say the right things, not just learning how to believe the right things or mimic the things, but to actually get it into us and let it culturize our hearts and change us. All right? Because you, you can, if you, if you try to emulate something, but you haven't been changed like it, you can only do that for so long, and then you default right back to how you were before that, because it wasn't real for you. All right? I've done that before. But he needed to get it in us and deep. And so he kept us there nine years. And in all those nine years, there's like three-year segments where he was focusing on different levels of getting DNA in us. So we, I, I did the ministry school three years as a student, getting that stuff imparted and taught and serving in that environment. Uh, we served at Bethel in the healing rooms in different ways there. And then, and then from, from my third-year internship, the Lord um, gave us a promotion in the environment, and we got to uh, get involved in a ministry called BAM, which is Bethel Activation Ministries, and we actually brought a big team right here to Indiana one time, led by Joaquin Evans. Some of you in this room probably were in those meetings, okay? You guys were there, yes. And so there was crazy things that happened then. Jessica and I were um, doing itinerant ministry uh, under Bethel's covering, and they literally like endorsed us to go out and represent Bethel in our ministries because the because they trusted us because relationship had built and and we were really coming into the vision and the culture. Okay, and so that was another level of getting the DNA in us, and they were teaching us how not just how to do the stuff, but how to carry your heart and and represent the Jesus and His kingdom through our hearts and our interactions and our honor and, and how to do it well. So um, I, I, I probably am not perfect in it, but I've come a long ways, okay? But then, the, then I got promoted into, uh, I got hired as a pastor in the school of ministry, and I got to start learning how to do pastoring and leadership in Bethel. And so even in those three years, I, I had to work through hard um, pastoring stuff, all right? I could tell you some stories, but I don't have time for them right now. Seth knows some of those stories because he was right there with me doing these things too. But, but I was learning through experience, but I also was in leadership meetings and more, more training, more culture, more equipping, more impartation at a leader level where we could see the, you know, the behind the scenes, the stuff that most people don't know goes on to make that stuff actually work. In other words, the hard stuff, all right? The hard stuff. <laughs> right, Seth? And then, thankfully, uh, the time came in 2018 when we actually were blessed by the senior leadership of Bethel to become commissioned, and they prayed for us on a Sunday night service. It went online. It was awesome, and, and it was a huge honor for them to for them to send us under their spiritual covering, okay? So you guys know all that stuff. We moved here in March 2018. And, and so I'm just kind of trying to catch you up before I dive into some new stuff, all right? Why did we come here? I'm going to just bust through these. We didn't come here just to plant a little church and to try to, try to just become 
uh, local vocational pastors just doing, doing the thing, all right? That's awesome, and I'm thankful for that, but that's not why we came here. We came here because we want to see a move of God happen. Yeah. Amen? We came here because God told us that revival is coming, and we can have a part in making that happen. Come on. I believe it. All right? We came here to start a radical move of God that will first impact us to have radical, life-changing experiences. Us, right? But so that eventually the Lord will increase what He's doing here, and it will overflow into the region with outpouring and transformation. All right? There are reasons why we're called overflow. And it's with vision. We have high-level belief of what God has in store for us, okay? So, and ultimately, we came here because we wanted to, we wanted to bring open heavens to right here in central Indiana. Open heavens. The sky is parted in the spirit realm where heaven can come and be on earth and God can build his kingdom in our midst through us. Hallelujah. Come on. And to bring the, the revival culture, the kingdom culture from Bethel to teach, not just, not, not just to encounter, not just to say, you can heal, you can do miracles, you can prophesy, but also to help cultivate the culture and the, 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 the mindsets and the transformations where we can learn who we actually are in Christ. And that the more I can come into the belief of who God has dreamed that I am, I can start living according to who I believe I am. Okay? And guess what? The more that we understand all that God has already given to us and put in us and, and created in heaven, that he's, he's just waiting for us to release it to this earth. The more we can learn that stuff, the more we can find out that God doesn't have some scheduled day on his calendar for the great outpouring that we're waiting for. And we just wait, we pray, and we wait. And we pray, and we wait. And we're looking, God, when are you going to do this? I'm getting a little antsy over here. Lord, you told us you're going to bring revival. Hasn't happened yet. What are you going to, how's this going to look? What are you going to do? Land this thing on us. I'm praying. <laughs> but God wants us to discover that he doesn't just make revival happen to you. You have to make revival happen to the world around you. Because revival is already yours, but you got to click into this thing. All right? He uses his people to bring his outpouring. It's not going to happen to us. We're going to happen to it. You're waiting for God. He's waiting for you. All right? So we're going to keep learning more about this stuff. Bringing the DNA. Right, DNA. You guys know what DNA is. It's the divine nature of the Almighty. Okay? But the DNA that we bring from Bethel culture, all right, it includes things like the kingdom culture, the revival culture, all right, and mindsets. It, it includes um, discovery of our identity, culture of honor, prophecy, healing, gifts of the Spirit, open heavens, angelic visitations 
And, and not only how to, how to have open heavens, but how to cause open heavens. I, I, need, I want to give you guys a little secret. I've been preaching to you now for at least four years, teaching you these things. But it's up to you to just not just get a message, but to actually apply this stuff and let it transform you. Because I've been giving you guys the keys this whole time. We're going somewhere, though. God is, it takes time. You don't just get it in a Sunday. It takes time, and you have to keep working the culture. You've got to keep working the teachings. You've got to keep revisiting truth until your mind starts getting renewed. And then the more you get it in you, the more you believe, the more you become transformed into that truth. And it, but it, you don't usually just get it in an instant. Sometimes God does that, but that's more rare. Usually it's a culture, it's a cultivating, okay? Culture gets cultivated, all right, so, so, but we're learning, and we've come a long ways, okay? But there's a long ways to go, and we've got to put ourselves into this. We'll get there. I, I didn't leave Bethel to not get there, okay? <laughs> we came here to build a healthy family. A healthy family. Not just a church. A healthy family. Not, not just a family, a healthy family. Healthy doesn't just happen to you. You have to make it happen. And usually it's going to come through a lot of humility and laying your life down for other people. The, the only way you can get healthy family is to lay it down for somebody else. We came to build a healthy family that we can raise people up in who will become powerful revivalists. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you more than you might believe in you. God sent me here from Bethel to believe in you. I didn't come here to not believe in you. I could have stayed there. But this is my upgrade. Do you get it? I haven't seen nearly the level of manifestations and breakthrough in my upgrade yet, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going after it until we see this thing bust through. <laughs> I believe in you as individuals and I believe in you as a church. Okay? I told our, minute, our, our pre-service prayer team today, and I just want to throw this the seed into you right now. I don't look at our 10 a.m. to 12-ish, right? <laughs> Have to put that on there as the disclaimer, right? Today might be an ish day. I got to give you the heads up. I, I, I said, I said, I don't see this time slot that we do church service as a church service. I see it as a Kairos moment. 
Every week, every week when we gather together, it's not meant by God just to be a church service. It's a Kairos moment when God is actually bringing grace from heaven to do big things. And we get to choose if we're going to partner and invest ourselves into it and, and be in what God's doing because it can actually catalyze us into greater things in the kingdom of heaven every time we get together. I mean that. Seize the moment. Don't just come to church. Come and press into God. Press into each other and let's go after this thing because you are who God is depending on to bring revival right here to this region. And I, I, as I said, all the things that I've been preaching and teaching for the last four and a half years since I've been here, Okay, is to cultivate the truths of the lifestyle that God's calling us into so that we can step into these realities and steward them and cultivate them and manifest them and press in and believe I can make the difference in this world around me and I want to do it with my homies. Come on. And I, I just want to declare to all the young people right now real quick, I felt God stir this in my spirit this morning, that there has to come a revival in the youth. God has fire for you. I'm talking about teenagers and I'm talking about the 20s. We need to see a lot more of that. And the enemy's tried to work against that stuff. And he's trying to sow bad beliefs that gets people believing their way away from the church. There's a revival coming and I want to be a part of it. Come on. I'm not going to let the devil rob the youth and the young adults of, his, of God's destinies for them. Who's in with, it, with me on this? We have to pray. We have to intercede for our youth first because it starts with us. Praying that God will ignite them with fire and that the baptism of the Holy Spirit will come upon them. And they'll see that God has actually given them something to do to change this world. He believes in them. But guess what? He believes in each one of you. He doesn't slice and dice the age ranges. Oh, I'm going to do a move right here, but it only goes to this. And the other of you, you guys can just pray for them. No, it's for you and you and you and them over there. Come on. Our vision statement is this. Our vision here at Overflow is to advance the kingdom of God on this earth by hosting His presence. That is first and foremost. Hosting His presence and raising up a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing the kingdom. I don't just want to be a, a, a Sunday preacher advancing the kingdom. I am that. But I want to be raising up people who are advancing the kingdom. We're doing this together. Come on. All right. There's been 
in my journey of the Lord putting this destiny here has been a very angelic journey, all right? Now, i got to say this disclaimer because human tendency is to go wacky. And I don't want wacky, all right? But I do want freedom, okay? And, and freedom sometimes look wacky to some people. I'm okay with that. But I want to say, because you're going to hear some stories, and I'm either going to have to lean into the 12-ish or... This is going to turn into like a 10-part series. We'll see how it goes. I've had, I've had several encounters with God, and I've had several encounters where he sent angels to, and stuff. But I, I want to say this to you always. And, and remember this in two weeks when I come back and say more, so I don't have to re-say it again then, all right? Jesus and the Word of God, I'm talking about this right here, always precedes encounters and prophetic words. Always. And if I ever have an encounter where I believe that I'm experiencing something, I have to always run it through the filter of this and my belief about the new covenant and my identity as a son of the Most High God. And if it gets me outside of that, I'm going to call it either a false encounter or a false interpretation. Amen. Amen. Some people put their prophecies, they put more weight on that than on God inspiring this thing, and you've got it out of whack when you do that. Okay? So anything I'm going to say to you, I want you to know this. I have ran it through the Word. I've ran it through uh, theology and, and, and New Covenant lens. And also other people who I gave them permission to judge it if I needed to, okay? So I just want you to know that. We can err in spiritual things. I want you guys to know. The Bible says that. We know in part and we prophesy in part. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. We can miss it, all right? I didn't miss it on these ones. <laughs> but I've taken it through the filters to test it, okay? you got to know that. So you guys have heard me say this thing. I'm going to try to bust through some. I can already tell my time is Jesus. Do a miracle, Lord. A miracle! In May of 2008... Um, the Lakeland Revival with Todd Bentley was happening in Florida, and I was watching it. I lived in Hawaii. You guys heard the story. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but um, I was in my living room in Hawaii watching online, and I had an encounter. God gave me an open vision. I don't know if this has happened to me other times or not. I can't remember, so it's not like this happens all the time, but an open vision where I actually saw God sitting on his throne in heaven. And I, I, I couldn't see his face, but I could see his form sitting on his throne. And if I was where Stephanie is, and God was sitting here like this, he was looking at somebody over here probably where Sherry is. And, and, and so I just saw him looking that way. And he said, I don't want Jesse to miss out on the impartation of what I'm doing in this revival. And then after that, the vision closed. 
And then I saw another vision of a golden angel descend into my living room right before me, and it knelt before me, not worshiping, all right, just making that clear, wasn't worshiping me, but he was serving me. And he was holding something up in his hand. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like God said, I want you to prophetic act, do a prophetic act, receive that thing. So I went and I did this, and then I brought it to myself. Didn't know what was going on, but I was just trusting the Lord with this. And then um, later the Lord revealed to me that he actually sent that angel to, to, to see to it that I get to Lakeland Revival. And so the Lord made way for us to go there. You guys, most of you had heard that story. Uh, a few weeks later, a couple weeks later, I'm not sure exactly, after that encounter, before I went to Lakeland, um, I went to a, a park in Kaneohe Bay to pray. And, and when I was getting ready to leave, I sat in the car and I was getting ready to pull out. But all of a sudden, I felt, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, just wait, in, just wait a moment. So I was like, all right. And I, and I just sat there. I closed my eyes, put my hands up. And I felt the presence of an angel manifest right next to me, literally right on the other side of the car door. He's standing right there. And, and I said, God, is, is, I said, is this the same angel I saw in the vision? He said, yes, it is. And I, I felt like the Lord was okay with this. And I, I actually looked and, and I, I said, golden angel? Because I didn't know what to call that thing. Golden angel, are you allowed to talk to me? And I heard him speak to me the same way I hear the Holy Spirit, except it wasn't the Holy Spirit, all right? And, and I, I, this is the part I didn't tell you guys. That's why I'm bringing it back up, all right? This, this part is important. He said, I am here to guard you and make the way for you so that you can get to where you can receive the promise God has for you. He said, I am here to guard you and to make the way for you so that you can get to where you can receive the promise God has for you. All right? And then I didn't know what to say, so I was like, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and he said, he said, so am I, and I'm glad for where we're going, too. You will understand what I'm talking about in due time. Okay. And then, he, then right when I was about to leave, he said one more thing. He said, know that I'm here with you, but more importantly, know that the Holy Spirit and Jesus are with you. Got to know where the priorities are, right? Okay, so then we went to Lakeland. God confirmed to us he's, he's moving us to Reading. We're in Reading. We moved to Reading in February 2009, and, and it was actually November of 2009 that I was having some time with the Lord, and God actually revealed something to me in his word that confirmed to me what that angel said, and it just validated it all the more. It's in Exodus 23.20, Moses and the Israelites and God, right? And God said, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. <laughs> Almost identical to what, that, what I heard, right? Send an angel before you to keep you. That word keep in the, in the Hebrew is shamal. And it, and it means to keep, to watch, to preserve, to hedge you in, to guard you, to protect you, to attend you. Okay? 
So he, he, and he, so he said he sent the angel before them to take care of them, right? To see to it that they get to the promised land. But that same angel that, that came to me said that I'm here to see you to, to the promises of God. Come on. Pretty cool, right? So he, he didn't just get us to Lakeland, Florida. He got us to Redding for nine years. That would have been good enough. But, but I told you that I encountered that same angel in my house in Noblesville. And he said the exact same thing. He said, I'm, I'm glad I'm here, but I'm more excited for where we're going. I went to Lakeland Revival where there's 20,000 people in a tent and glory of God's busting all over the place. And then went to Reading where they've been in revival for 25 years. Like, that was awesome. I thought that's where he's excited that we're going. But he's still more excited about where we're headed right here, right now. What does that mean? we gotta, we got to see what God's seeing here, okay? It has to do with, with the destiny promises. God, God is serious about His destiny on our lives and on us corporately. And He sends angels. He sends the help of heaven to see us through, but it only gets activated through our faith and our obedience. Okay? So guess what? We just had Yom Kippur. That, that's an important holiday to me, a holy day. And, and I've told you guys all about it. To me, it's about the blood of Jesus and our access into the presence, but it also has to do with God's destinies, divine destinies. And that night, I was putting the kids to bed, and Jess goes in the room, and we just had some Yom Kippur time. And the presence came in on us. It was awesome. And, and David, I, I just started encouraging him to start looking in the, in the spirit realm. And guess what David saw? He saw, he saw an angel that was wearing gold and white. What? Gold? Gold, gold angel? Are you serious? But you know what's crazy? He didn't see one angel. He saw about a hundred golden angels surrounding us. That's crazy. Are you guys going to gift me with a few extra minutes? I love it when, the, when our guests tell me to keep going. Thank you. Appreciate that. I got I to gotta feel the hole too, so I like you, brother. I feel support by you, man. It's so good. In May of 2009, that's just three months after we moved to Reading, we were new at Bethel. And, and guess who happened to be in the lobby at Bethel? But a prophet named Sean Bowles. Anybody ever heard that name before? Sean Bowles. And I, I was pretty new to him, but I, I'd heard some crazy stories. That dude has had some really notorious angelic visitations and, and also encounters where God brought him into heaven. It's pretty wild. And I didn't want to be one of those weird people, but I decided I don't care because I want something bad enough that I don't care 
what anybody thinks about me. All right? And I went up to him like everybody else probably was waiting to do. And, and I asked him, I said, hey, I was wondering if you'd be willing to, to lay hands on me and pray for an impartation for, for just heaven and angelic encounters like you have. And he, he was glad to do it. And he laid his hand on my belly and he started praying. <clears throat> he said, I can, tell you very, I can tell very obviously that you have a strong prophetic gift in you. He encouraged me to grow in that because it's going to become a powerful ministry. He said he sees it's obvious that we will one day, guess what, be sent out from Bethel. Okay? Not everybody gets sent out. I just want to, like, it's kind of an important thing, okay, to be commissioned. But right now is a time for nurturing what God is doing in us now. He said, he said, God has brought you to me and Jessica into this place for such a time as this. You already have a lot of giftings and strength built into you, but God is going to use this time to impart a new DNA into you. <laughs> That's what God took us there, there for nine years. Okay? Like what he said is exactly what happened. It was awesome. He didn't know who I was. Five years later, May 2014, Jessica and I was on a ministry trip to Evergreen, Colorado, and, and we got to minister there a little bit, but, but we, were, we were in pursuit trying to just spy out the land because we knew that God has a destiny for us, and we felt like God was going to send us out of Bethel probably to plant a church. And, and you remember, I told you guys a couple weeks ago about a vision I had where he showed me the city with the eye of God in there. It was on Yom Kippur 2010. And, and I saw this big city with the eye of the Lord in the middle. And God said, don't you want to claim this, this city for my name? And, and we, I was on a mountain looking down. And so that whole time, I always thought that, uh, that wherever this is going to be, whenever he reveals it, it's probably going to be a city nestled in the mountain. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. I loved that vision. So we're in Colorado thinking he, he might, I think, because we had a, there's a couple out there who's actually asking us to come plant a church there. So we thought that maybe this is what God's on. So we went to spout the land, and guess what? Everything that we needed to see happen was a big, fat No. And so Jessica and I were discouraged, and it was like, God, we thought so much this was going to be what you're going to do. And we were discouraged, and, and we went to this, this couple showing us a house that they were, just, they were in the process of buying to move into. <clears throat> While we were at that house, and David was like three months old, by the way. So it was awesome that we got to do this with him, too. Um, I got a text from my friend Daniel Newton. I, I, he never texted me. <laughs> he did this day. He said, Jesse, what's your birthday? I said, March 18th. Why? He said, he said I'm in a meeting with Sean Bowles, and he's prophesying over you right now. <laughs> what? That's crazy. So it turned out that BAM, that ministry that we were with at Bethel, was having a gathering 
And they, then Sean Bowles was the guest that day. And, and he was, if you guys know much about his ministry, if you don't know, he, he has lots of profound words of knowledge and prophecies. And so he, 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 he said, is there a Jesse and a Jessica? People are like, yes. <laughs> Ironically, there was another Jesse and Jessica in the group too. <laughs> so they got excited. And then he said, is there a, a baby named David? And then they weren't excited anymore. <laughs> but, they, but people started recording as soon as he said our names and sent it to me later. And, and he, said, he, said, uh, he said, I think that March 18th is something for one of them. And that's why Daniel texted me, wondering, is, is this your birthday? Yes, it is. <laughs> so he got our names, my son's name. He knew that, the, that David was a baby. He had my birthday. And then he also had my sister's name and her last name. It was crazy. I don't know why she got a word out of my thing there. It's, that's supposed to be my thing, not hers. I was just kidding. It was actually awesome. But, but this is the things he said over us. He said, I saw Jesse and Jessica. I saw the Lord breathing on them for full encouragement for the season ahead. And there is some, there's some ministry stuff that they started launching into, and it didn't come into the full vision that they thought it was going to come into. I didn't understand what he's talking about then, but I look back now and know that when, that when we went to Hawaii, we thought we were going to launch out from there and plant churches, okay? We, we thought it would be Japan, but we knew churches, right? But we laid that down to the Lord. But he said that, I, I, that, God's, that there was something they are launching into, and it didn't come into the full vision. He said, God is going to excite them for a new opportunity that is greater than what they were dreaming for last time. And boy, has it been greater. He said, so there is something that they're going to get re-energized for, reinvigorated for to do. And they're going to have a definable purpose this year. A definable picture of what they're supposed to do in the next five to ten years. Up to that point, we were doing itinerant ministry, okay? Literally in Colorado, thinking God was about to fulfill our dreams. God, a church plant in the mountains. Come on. <laughs> and then we're discouraged, right? And, and God shows this guy who didn't even know us that we actually had, had in recent times come out of something that we were starting to try to do and it didn't work out. So we... we put it on the altar, but, th but he said this year he's going to open something new to you that's going to get you excited for what's coming in five to ten years. And it was within a week of, of us going back from Colorado that God made it very clear to Jessica and me, it's time to stop doing travel ministry all the time so we can focus on being at home and, and building our family and also doing long-term leading with people, because I was doing like one, two, three days of doing revival meetings. He wanted me to be with the people longer term so I can actually sow more into them and grow them and disciple them and mature them. In other words, pastoring. Okay? So God was showing us that. And, and like two days after we told God, okay, we're staying, we're not going to travel anymore, we're going to root down, and we're going to find out how you're going to give us pastoral ministry. And it was like two days later, I got a call from Dave Harvey asking me if I wanted to be a pastor 
in the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. <laughs> Sean said, this year, God's going to open something new to you that's going to make sense for what you're going to be doing in five to ten years. God was bringing me into a new season of pastoral focus so that it can help set me up for the things that he's going to do in the next five to ten years. So I did three years of BSSM, and then God sent us here to plant a church. I knew God was giving us the opportunity to grow stronger in our leadership and pastoring skills at BSSM, not to become pastors, but to help build us up and, and equip us for an apostolic calling he has for us that needs to also have pastoral in it, right? You guys doing okay? Yeah. Oh, Lord, every time I want to keep preaching, I'm realizing how much I have and what time it is. Come on, man. Tell them. <laughs> That's a good word. All right. I'm being mindful here. All right. So that vision, this might feel like it's all over the place chronologically, but it's making sense with what I'm building here. Yom Kippur, 2010, I had that encounter. God showed me the vision of the city, right? I'm on a mountain looking down, and I think that's going to be a city nestled in the mountains. And I saw the eye of the Lord in the middle, and he said, would you claim this city for mine? Okay? Didn't know where it was going to be. But about a year before that, I had had a dream where the Lord showed me. I told you guys this. And he mentioned Indianapolis in the dream, and he called it the Big Apple. And he was like stirring a longing in my heart for the Big Apple. I thought Indianapolis was the Big Apple, okay? It's, I know it's New York, but for me, it's Indianap Indianapolis, all right? <laughs> and so he's speaking to me in my dream about Indian Indianapolis, all right? And then I, I told you guys about the Open Heavens Conference, 2016, October. Brian Houston from Hillsong was preaching and he was preaching about destiny, and this was the first time after all those years serving at Bethel that God said, it's time to, time to light your dream on fire now. And he started opening these, these encounters to me over the next several weeks, showing me that he's going to send us into Indiana, Indian Apple, us, to plant a church so that we can sow into a revival movement. Okay. Come on. You can't go to Shoney's yet. <laughs> on Yom Kippur, again, God encountered me, and he spoke something to me that he was basically setting me up for what he's about to do, okay, for my calling to do this. And then I had that, I had a couple of days later, that revelation of Starbucks I told you guys about where God said, he revealed to me in the word when he says, possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. Yeah. You guys heard me preach hard on that. Possess the land I've given to you as an inheritance. And that was when he showed me we're not going to be sent out by some place saying, please come to us. But it's going to be more like we're going into a place and we're going to take the kingdom by force. Amen. All right. And so and so and then um, all these things happen around that. I'm trying to skip past stuff. All right. I want you guys to hear these things because um, the Lord has given me this huge revelation on 
Joshua taking the Israelites from the wilderness into the promised land, and they had to seize the, 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 the country, right? They weren't going in by invitation, because who would have invited them? The people that they're about to destroy. Yeah, it's not going to happen. They had to go take it, right? And so, <clears throat> do you remember the angel, the golden angel? And do you remember that verse in Exodus when, when God said, I'm going to send my angel and he's going to keep watch over you. He's going to keep you and he's going to get you to the promised land, right? And then the Lord reminded me of the angel he sent me that said, I'm here to help you get to the place that God's taken you, the promises of God, right? So you remember the golden angel? Yeah. yeah. Heard your stomach growling and you're forgetting things already. I, I might have to start this sermon all over again if you forgot. <laughs> Do you guys remember, though, the, 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 the golden angel then, but this last week on Tuesday night, a hundred golden angels. A hundred not one, a hundred golden angels increase. That's exactly what my note says there. Increase. Started as one, it's a hundred. On the heaven side of things, right now in heaven, for us, there's already a hundredfold happening. Whoa. Now I want to tell you something. You guys need to know this. Angels are attracted to, and they come around, apostolic vision. Angels are attracted to, and they surround, they come around, apostolic vision. And whether you get this yet or not, we come here with apostolic vision. And there was a hundred angels. The golden angel that God sent me to say, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to see to you. I'm going to see you to the destiny promises. There's a hundred now. Why? Because there's more coming. There's more coming. Jesus taught us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you see angels and, and you see visions of things that God's doing in heaven and it's stuff that you don't see on earth, or you, you can't even compute like how, how can this happen? you got to know that God has a way and it's got to happen in heaven before it can ever happen on earth. But in heaven... It's already done. On earth, we need to possess the land that He has given to us as an inheritance. And I believe that the Lord has given us vision and promise that there's way more ahead of us than what we've seen yet. There's increase. It already has a hundredfold on it in heaven. That's crazy. To me, that is a confirmation that we're going to see so much more right here on earth if we keep doing what God's doing. Come on. On that same night, Jessica had a vision in, in, the, in the bedroom, in the kids' bedroom. On Yom Kippur this week, she saw visions of waterfalls, of refreshing, pouring out. 
which is the Holy Spirit outpouring. And she, she also saw a vision of an old woman in a wheat field with a young boy. There she is. Do you want to share this? Oh, she's here on business. Everybody say, hi, Jessica. Let's say it louder so she can't, so that they won't be able to hear what she's saying. Hi, Jessica. Oh, okay. Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> I told you I like, to, I like to do awkward. All right, she saw a vision. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jessica. An old woman in a wheat field with a young boy, and, and she was standing there holding a basket full of wheat with a white cloth over it, and, and they were looking at Jessica, and she said that she believes that means that a harvest is coming. Come on. A harvest is coming, and it's going to be reaped by multiple generations. Come on. So it's not just an adult heart, a revival. It's not just a youth revival. It's all. Amen? And last year on, on Yom Kippur, David had a vision, and he saw a red barn. He doesn't understand this stuff, right? But he saw a picture of a red barn with a wheat field. What? And, and he saw on the other side of the line of trees, a tornado was coming. What? That sounds horrible. Until you know what it actually means. The Lord is telling us there's vision that he's going to bring a harvest. Okay? The red barn was the church, all right? It's, it's, it's the, ho- the household of God. It's the place to reap it into in the kingdom. And, and tornadoes. Um, when Bam came here a few years back, you wouldn't believe this. Well, you, you would. We were, like, all week long, people were having encounters with angels coming in and stuff and seeing visions of tornadoes. And the Lord said, that he, he said what he's saying is that he's, he's bringing the whirlwinds of heaven into our midst, and it's revival that's coming. Revival is coming. And at the end of that week, a tornado came right where we were staying in a house. It didn't hurt anything. But God was saying, what, you, what you're seeing in the Spirit, you're going to see it in the natural. Revival! So when David saw a vision of a red barn and a harvest, and then tornadoes, actually his revival's coming, and there's a harvest coming. And Jessica saw it's going to be multi-generational. Come on. That's awesome. And so I, I, I get to preserve some of this for the next time. Praise the Lord. But I want to end at least with this, okay? God's promise is far bigger than what we can see right now. Okay? If we limit ourselves to what we see right now, we will jip not only ourselves, not only our church, but this region. We will jip us of what God has in store. We have to see it prophetically. And we have to believe it. We have to not only see it, not only believe it, but we have to lay hold of it. And we need to lay hold of it and not let it go. We have to lay hold of it and not let go, but we have to press in and we have to know that God is already, to him, it's already finished. To me, it's something yet to be. I have to possess the land that he has already given to me as an inheritance. To him, he's already done it. To him, it's past tense. It is a sure thing to God. 
But to me, I see obstacles, I see resistance, I see limitations, and I have to see beyond that what God has promised. It's greater than what we can see right now. And I have to believe that if there's giants in my way, or there's armies in my way, or hardship, whatever it is, I cannot let that thing dictate what I'm going to believe and press into and apprehend and see it come through. I will press through and I will possess the land that God's given to us. Come on. God's promised us a move of God. He's promised us revival. He's not wanting us just to sit passively waiting for it to happen. He's trying to cultivate into us a culture, a belief system, a revelation of who we are. And He's actually already given to us access to the third heaven realm seated in the heavenly places where the river already pours out of the throne of God. Revival is already everything in heaven right now. And I and you, we, we can access that place and live from it and let it fill us and let us become part of that and let it pour out of us in every way. And then all of a sudden, we have just become the the catalyst of revival. I'm in this for the long haul because I don't want to see it fall short of everything God's dreamed. I hope you are. <laughs> I have, a, have sore belly muscles now. <laughs> That's like, that was some real preaching to have sore belly muscles. Come on. Jesus. Thanks. I, I, I still didn't get to the landing point I wanted to, so I know there's more things to come. Come up here a minute. I'm putting you on the spot. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what He's going to have you do with everything I said. Yeah, you got a second. What, what is He going to do in this moment, and how are you going to activate it and impart it? You got this. Everybody point your hand to Seth. Say, you got this. Come on. All right. All right. Is anybody stirred up right now? We want more. Amen. I want to tell you something. If you guys want to see the increase, you better go get it. Don't wait for me to do it. Don't wait for your neighbor to do it. You go get the people. Seriously, if God wants to break out and move, how's he going to get it to them if you don't bring them? Why isn't this church f- overflowing already? All right? Now, it's not because we're trying to have attendance. It's because we want to see God change people's lives and, put, and ignite fires in people and transform people. And, and he wants to show them everything he has in store for them so they can see that they have a God-given, eternal, impacting destiny. And we want to reach those people. Amen? Amen. But we all have to do this together. Bring somebody, please. Not just for attendance, so we can see God move on other people too. Amen? All right, Seth. Everybody, everybody just, why don't you guys stand up? That's where I was going. On the same track. <laughs> Come on. Let's just hold out our hands. We want to receive from God right now. There's something in the room. I don't want you to miss it. <laughs> Holy Spirit, right now we just say more. 
right now. Increase. The Spirit is on the move. <laughs> we receive right now, Lord. And now if your neighbor's comfortable, put a hand on your neighbor. Because now that we receive, we're going to do. <laughs> this is the action part of the Word of God. We take it, and now we do it. So release right now in Jesus' name more. More of his Spirit. More of his power, Lord. More, God. We say more. Lord, we're going to show up. Every day, every moment, every minute. Thank you, Jesus. I see God just releasing things in the spirit. Just reach up and grab whatever you've been hoping for, whatever you've been waiting for. Reach up, grab it, and pull it down. That's what we call a prophetic act. Take more. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yeah. I see an increase in the prophetic right now as well as being released in the room, being able to see and to hear God's voice, speaking peace over the ears to begin to hear. We hear from relationship. We hear for relationship. Some more, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Any heaviness on the mind, let it be lifted off right now in Jesus' name. Pain, leave bodies. Our healer is on the move. <laughs> yeah. Holy Spirit, we receive the more of you right now. Let us press in. And let us never forget who you are and whose we are. So, Lord, we bless you. Let's give Jesus a praise. Just shout right now. We're going to do one last thing. I want you to take a step forward before you do. I want you to step out of the old and into the new because we're letting go of the past. Here we go. Y'all ready? On a count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> More, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Never the same. Thank you, God. We bless you all. We thank you so much for coming. Let yourselves never be the same. I can't say it enough. Bless you as you go.